0: The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog.
1: We're talking fantasy football draft and draft recap. You're listening to, uh, to Sean and Eric, a.k.a. the Baseball Llama today. No Brad. We're talking pure fantasy sports on Get Paid. How you doing, Eric? I am well, Sean. How are you today? I'm doing well. So um, just to, to recap for people who might be dropping by for the first time or um, or longtime listeners or whatever the, the case may but be, but maybe, by the way, please, everybody, uh, wherever you're picking this up, please give us, you know, a five-star rating, all that stuff. Give us a thumbs up. Give us... Uh, Write a comment, uh, you know, all that stuff. All that stuff really helps the, uh, the show grow and all that stuff. But um, so Eric and I co-author the Fantasy Baseball Almanac. We play in a fantasy baseball league where, you know, for me, it's more kind of conceptual and testing some theory out and, you know, you know, something to do. <laughs> and then, um, uh, you know, we and we take some of that feedback and, and some of my theory testing and all that stuff and put it back in the book. Well, I do the Fantasy Football Almanac and Draft Guide by myself, which, by the way, it's not too late. Go ahead and pick up that guide if your draft uh, has not happened yet. You can get to it in the show notes below. There's a link to it. Free updates. It was the last update was published August like 21st or something like that. So uh, you're not going to find anything more up to date. But um, Eric now plays in a reboot of my all-time favorite league. That was not a dynasty, but it's I call it a deep keeper. And originally the league was you know you keep 10 players year to year. Um, our touchdown passing score is six, so it kind of neutralizes the running quarterback just a little bit it gives those really good quarterbacks some extra juice to go a little bit earlier. Um we only start run, one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end and then you get three flex where it can be running back, wide receiver, tight end. It's not a super flex. So there's a, you know, a quick uh, run through the scoring and the reason we do it like that. Oh, and it's half PPR. The reason we do it like that is because we want um we don't want teams to be, you know, running back heavy teams to be desperate. We don't want wide receiver teams to be desperate. We want multiple paths to victory so that the, the person who can pick the best basically, you know, is gonna be in the best position. So all that said, Eric is in this uh, league reboot, 10 teams, and we were at opposite ends of the draft. So I thought it would be good just to kind of work through a year one kind of dynasty deep keeper draft and just comment on that. Um some surprises, some picks, you know, who went too early, who did we think would be there um or go early but was there later, so on and so forth. So all that said, there's a there's a bunch of thoughts Eric, how do you feel you did on the draft? First of all, um,
0: you know, actually, I'm I'm fairly happy overall. Um, with the number two pick, I ended up you know with Saquon, which right safe bet there. Um, and I, I thought when it swung back around to me, I I had a shot. I thought I had a shot at Lamar, but um, mm. I think he went two picks before right
1: yeah two picks before an
0: auto drafter for that matter i
1: believe no No. that one actually wasn't he was there but (laughs) yeah yeah so we had a couple Uh people frustratingly we had a couple people on auto draft one guy is still m.i.a i don't know where he is face on a milk carton um and he, he ramrodded me too. So let's just talk first round, and a quick surprise. And we won't go through every round because I don't want to hit every people over the head with this, but just kind of go through some things. So Eric was sitting there and we were talking before the draft because of our league scoring and, and the emphasis on passing touchdowns being equal to running touchdowns. Again, it neutralizes the um, the running quarterback a little bit and puts them back on even standing with pocket passing quarterbacks. Um, Eric and I were talking about, um, does does he take uh Patrick Mahomes at number two and you know we were kind of hemming and hawing where Eric ended up landing obviously he he took Saquon Christian McCaffrey went one well Patrick Mahomes I originally had the four I traded back Patrick Mahomes had the three um went number three overall uh then it went uh Edwards Hilaire who remember this is a deep keeper so that you know his his youth and and system has an impact there then it went Alvin Kamara and Nick Chubb at four five six then it went Dalvin Cook at seven and I'm sitting there at eight and I have Ezekiel Elliott, who I thought was gonna go number three overall, fall to me at number eight, and so I was just like, Holy crap, I'll take that. And so that was the first shock to me is that Ezekiel Elliott slipped that far. Did that was that surprising to you at all, Eric?
0: Um Yeah, a little bit. Um I saw you know, we saw um, Chubb go uh six. Right, to a to uh, a Browns fan. Kind of, yeah, and that's well, there it was. Um I mean not that he's not gonna have a good year. I think he's actually gonna be one of the better run right backs in the league at sure. the end. Um but yeah I think that that kind of pushed him down to you and kinda of helped you out a little bit there. Um you know it might have been a little bit different first round had I grabbed Mahomes at two as well, but Yeah, it was a little surprising that he fell that far, mm-hmm. but a lot of people just don't like Dallas and
1: That's exactly what happened <laughs> because my brother My brother told me, we were talking about the draft after the fact, and my brother said, you know, I had Elliott ranked ahead of Cook, and when my pick came up, I just could not make myself pick Ezekiel Elliott (laughs) because he doesn't (laughs) like him, you know? And part of the fantasy football is, you know, you want to root for the people you have on your team, and he just couldn't do it. And uh, Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott, honestly, I think those were, I think my board was McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott, Cook, in that order. And so I was thinking, originally when I had the four, I was thinking, okay, assuming I take Elliott or Cook at four, my thought was, will Josh Jacobs or Aaron Jones get back to me on the swing what, back when I had number, uh, gosh, I don't even know what pick that is, number what, 18, uh, pick number 18 or 17 or what, whatever that would have been. And I kept doing mock drafts and I just it just wasn't happening. And so for me, if I had that swing back in the second round, I probably would have gone Tyreek Hill around that pick. Um so I I made a move to move back and I certainly don't regret it because in the second round Derrick Henry was stolen from me by an auto drafter so pick number 12 Derrick Henry went and I'd telling you if that guy had shown up for the draft I would have gotten Derrick Henry and I would have had um Derrick Henry was in my top 5 I think as well so I would have had like the most beautiful swing in my fantasy football career but I did end up with Aaron Jones so I know people are down on him but um I like him I would have I would have jumped at Josh Jacobs first, but he ended up going to last pick in the first round. So who did you get on the swing? You got um, Julio. And I, yeah.
0: And that's, uh, that's some Falcon fandom as well. But also I think, you know, you really can't go wrong with him, especially with Calvin ready to break out. It's going to divide some attention.
1: Yeah. And I noticed some teams here were going, um, going really youth early. And the first time I had played in this league, I did that. I went youth early um, you know, I got all these young rookie running backs and these these receivers and all that. And I, I said to myself, I don't care if I lose in the first year. I just want to be competitive in years, you know, two, through whatever. And what I learned in that experience was that there was no reason for me to go so youth heavy. It, I think what I should have done the first time or what I did this time is when I ranked, I recalibrated my draft board and gave a boost to anybody who was 25 and under. And, you know, when I saw Jonathan Taylor go... At pick number 18, I just thought, man, that to me is a little bit too high, especially with some of the buzz saying that he's having a little bit of trouble at this point in training camp overtaking Marlon Mack. So, you know, we were starting to see at that point players slip into the later rounds that in the mock drafts it just wasn't happening. And I was like, that was the first surprise. Then we saw, by the way, uh, we mentioned Mahomes. So Mahomes went number three overall. And again, with this uh, expanded um, emphasis on quarterbacks and passing touchdowns, Russell Wilson went number 15 overall, and then Lamar Jackson went behind him at number 17. Again, passing touchdowns neutralizes the running touchdowns. So uh, once three quarterbacks went in the first two rounds, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to get a lot of running backs here. That's what was starting to go off in my head, and that's kind of what ended up happening. Um, Let's see. So we get to round three. And the first pick around three I thought was a little bit early. Juju Smith-Schuster went in the first pick around three. And I thought he was more like a fourth-round pick in this format. Um, but that let Travis Kelsey fall to you. So what did you think about Kelsey and tight end and everything going into the draft? Um,
0: you know, I, part of me was looking at it, do I kind of hold off and and just kind of hang back and, and not grab him and maybe target someone like Hayden Hurst later in the draft right. and push things up. but. Um, I had some deep targets on wide receiver, so I wasn't overly concerned there. Um, some guys I liked for breakouts that I thought I'd take a shot later on, and I figure also a little bit of um, one-upsmanship. But if I start a run on tight end early, that might help me with, you know, running back like Chris Carson, who I got when I wasn't expecting, or something like that. Right. In the next round, because we figured you force people to look at, okay, well, Kelsey's gone now. If I want to type tight end, you know, what are there two real options left? Um. So yeah, I kind of thought I'd start that run a little bit and help myself down the right. road anyway, because there wasn't anybody that I was chomping at to grab over him.
1: Now I was shocked that Kelsey actually slipped because when this when this league was originally in operation, tight ends were very scarce. Um, and they were tough to find. And my brother, um, who picked at pick number seven. Um, so that means he had pick number, what was that, 20, uh, sorry, 14. He ended up going DeAndre Hopkins, which he didn't anticipate Hopkins being there that late at 14. I thought he was going to come back, and um, I thought he was going to pick Kelsey that second round because he did that the first time with Co- Tony Gonzalez back in the day, and he won, like, the first four championships of that league's history, um, <laughs> really on that on the back of Tony Gonzalez and that competitive advantage. So Kelsey I thought was a fine pick. Um, but we're into round three, and so I have the, the basically the um, – Uh, pick 28 at that point in the third round. And I'm thinking at this point going into the third round when I was doing my mock drafts, I'm going to pick probably wide receiver in round three. So I'm thinking um, maybe I get DJ Moore. Maybe I get lucky there. Maybe I get really lucky and Chris Godwin falls to me um that has not happened in a single mock draft but with all the quarterbacks and everybody and all the young running backs going higher i thought jeez maybe, man maybe that happens and so what ends up happening is uh, smith schuster goes uh, 21 kelsey 22 james connor goes up we have some pittsburgh Steelers fans so that he went higher than what was going to the box kittle at 24 chris godwin went at 25 a couple picks before me i was like Argh. and then mike evans and rob gronkowski went 27, so my brother came back around and did take that tight end that same round, so rest assured, Kelsey was not going to get past pick number uh, 27 there, but pick 28, I'm sitting there, and I still have Austin Eckler and Kenyon Drake and Miles Sanders on my draft board, I'm a little bit lower on Sanders, but so then I'm thinking, like, what in the hell do I do if I have to pick, you know, basically between Eckler and Drake, what do I do here and then I'm like, I'm going to be hurting at wide receiver because I'm going to take one of these these value running backs. I cannot believe any of these guys fall. And this ended up basically hamstringing me throughout the draft because I just couldn't pass some of these guys up. So I ended up taking Eckler, and the reason I take Eckler is because I saw Drake is in a walking boot. You know, if that's a stress fracture, that could be an issue all year. Then you got him basically in a contract situation year. I really like Chase, Chase Edmonds, so I'm thinking a deep keeper long term. Is Kenyon Drake even going to be in Arizona next year? I don't know. Eckler, I know he's kind of in the same situation, but I think he's going to be back with the Chargers. So I ended up going with Eckler, Um, which then brings me to the swing. DJ Moore, I was hoping, would fall to me. He ended up going in the first pick of the fourth round. Then Kenny Galladay in another freaking auto draft nut kick went right before me. Galladay was my target, my extreme target there with the uh, 33, but it was left to me, and I felt like I had to go wide receiver at that point, so I took Beckham. And then you in that round, uh, Eric, took Chris Carson, who slipped a lot further than you thought. Tell me about that one.
0: Uh, you know, I just, I like him in that offense. Um, you know, I think a lot of pressure gets taken off of him by Wilson's ability. Mm-hmm. And it kind of opens up a little more for him. And I think if he can stay healthy, he can be, you know, a real force there. Um, I was kind of teetering between him and Murray because I just wasn't sure that Kyler was going to make it to my next pick, even though it was, you know, just a few spots later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of took the chance there and figured, well, if Kyler has gone, then, you know, I'll look at, you know, the next target I got, but I was kind of hopeful that would happen. And it fell that way for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you ended up getting Carson. Then, uh, Thielen went at pick number 40, um, 41 was Calvin Ridley. And then you did end up getting Kyler Murray there, which I think actually is a better pick in this league format than um than possibly even Lamar Jackson um to me I think the, the way the six touchdown pass thing works and, and neutralizes again those running quarterbacks I think long term Kyler Murray um Russell Wilson and, and Patrick Mahomes are probably the cream of the crop there not to say Lamar Jackson isn't but I love the value that you got at Kyler Murray in round five compared to say Russell Wilson in round two um um, or Lamar Jackson, even in round two, where he went. Then it went AJ Brown, Gurley, uh, Mark Andrews. To me, was like, yeah, you know, that, that was a that was a groan when that pick got taken because I would have taken him in round five. But again, you know, I was sitting there because I took that running back in round three. I felt like I had to go wi- uh, wide receiver at that point because my tears list. I mean, Beckham was really just kind of the best, and I do think he's going to bounce back with the new coaching staff. I think he'll get a lot more better favorable one on one matchup, so I like him to bounce back. Um, but when Mark Andrews got hit, I was like, crud. Okay. So I was looking at my board, Robert Woods then went, then Le'Veon Bell went, um, the pick right before, which actually kind of gave me a sigh of relief because I was like, am I going to have to pick, bef- you know, between a wide receiver and another freaking running back? So when Bell went, that kind of freed me up to take best receiver on my board and that was Cooper Cup. Um Allen Robinson went after that, then Cortland Sutton, then DeAndre Swift, then Zach Ertz, who I was then looking at. I was, I was looking at Zach Ertz again. So, out of six rounds, three of them are direct nut kicks by Auto Drafter, who went right before me. Um, so then in round six, there Ertz went. I'm kind of throwing for a little bit of a loop. David Johnson sitting on my board. I had him two tiers up. I had to take him. I had to take him, and I don't even like. I still I still look at it, and I don't like the pick, but I had to take him because he's potentially a three down running back in a system with De- uh, Deshaun Watson that can move the ball. Man, I still hate yep, the pick, I, but I couldn't. No. But I couldn't not make the pick. You know what I mean? No, I was I was
0: that's kind of the same position I was at down at fifty nine with Fournette. Um, yeah, yeah. I, you know, he fell there. He was sitting there, and you know, kind of the same line. I'm like, ah, it's the Jags. Are they going to be any good? You know, what can he really provide in that offense without? You know, it it really depends on Minshew, I guess. But yeah, right. You know, so it's kind of in the same boat. It was like you can't really pass up that value there. I mean. You know, highly rated guy. And I got to say, by the way, I love the pick for you of, of Cup because you look through ESPN and he is so overlooked. Yeah, yeah. With all the, every, the Even their, you know, their little rundowns on him say he's, you know, eh, it's kind of down on him. Maybe he's like a third wide receiver at best, things like that. And <laughs> I've always thought he's got a lot of talent. And you're the only one that I've seen him have, have him rated highly in any guides. Yeah. And so he was, he was on my board as an, as a target. And I kind of knew if anyone was going to beat me to him, it would have been you. Cause I don't think anyone else has that kind of.
1: My brother, my brother think. would have actually, because, and that when part, it went partially into that pick there because I was thinking about, again, I was thinking about Ertz at that pick, um, and, you know, and some other guys and. I just didn't think Cup was going to get there because one of the things, I agree. I mean, everybody's down on Cup. They've been down on Cup his entire career. All the dude does when he's healthy is catch touchdowns. Um, Even when Goff has a down year, he throws the ball to Cup. And McVay's system really likes these guys that can work the middle of the field. And I think what's happening is when Gerald Everett got hurt at tight end um, last year and Higby kind of went off, my feeling, knowing McVay and following him from his days, but even back in Washington and even before that a little bit, he likes a tight end just like he liked Jordan Reed, but um, Higby and Everett, like, there have been viable weeks where, like, Everett was the feature tight end of that offense, even last year. So when Everett went down and Higby went crazy, that was fine with me because a couple years ago, Higby went down and Everett went crazy for a few weeks. So it, it that wasn't like a, a shock to the, or a jolt to the system for me. It's just like, okay, well, he doesn't have two options at tight end, so that's going to consolidate targets and Higby will go and, and go crazy. And he did. But now fantasy owners this year, they see that towards the end of last season. It's the last thing they think about. And they're like, oh, Higby, he's going to be the, the focal point in the middle of the field. No, it's, it's going to continue to be Cooper Cup. Just like, you know, when the, when the Redskins used to use, or sorry, the, the football team used to use their slot receivers, um, you know, in... in um you know, and like Ed McCaffrey, you can think of that in the Shanahan system because McVay pulls these these concepts. McCaffrey was a monster for years for the Denver Broncos. That's exactly what Cooper Cup is in this offense. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I completely agree, completely overlooked. I have him probably a round or two ahead of everybody. And honestly, he's like a top tier receiver for me. The only reason I, I have him ranked as low as I do in my guide is because I know my people that read and, and take that guide as kind of gospel and work their way through. I know they're going to get him at good value. And they don't have to overpay, um, in my opinion. You know, it's, but it's also a pick that, you know, in those fantasy football rooms, people will say, Cooper, cup, or you know, and they'll laugh at you. And it's just like, F you, man. It's going to work out. He's going to catch 10 touchdowns. You watch. He will, if he's healthy. Goff yep. might only throw for 20, but Cup will get 10 of them. That's just how this offense yeah. works.
0: There it is.
1: Yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, so Fournette, I agree, man. He had to take him. And that same round, the Steelers defense went, and this is the sixth round, man. Steelers defense I asked my brother about that he said uh he said these receivers kept going right in front of him and he was having trouble reacting to it so uh he you know he edited my book he should have used my tears (laughs) (laughs) that was a little early for for Steelers defense you know yes I Uh, I like you I like when you got your defense spoiler alert we'll talk about that in a bit but uh I didn't like when he got his but the Steelers were kind of my top ranked defense honestly um but uh But anyway, uh, so you get to round seven. We talked about Fournette. So you had the swing there. You end up going um, Kareem Hunt. Tell me about that one.
0: Uh, You know, and I like him. I think he's going to, I think he has the ability to do a lot there. But that honestly was the first pick where I kind of had a little bit of regret just because of um, somebody who I was targeting with my next, in my next thing. And maybe I had a round or two to go. Um, I wanted Burrow. as kind of a long term option. And he went. Not on, you know, he went a little bit later, but I, I really was ready to pull the trigger on him. I figured, eh, no one's going to grab until like round right. nine. I got some time. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of lost out on that one. But I do think um, if he's used properly and that's going to be the question, he uh, he adds a lot of value as, you know, out of the, as a receiver, as a running back, depending on how they use him and how healthy Chubb stays. So I think he's going to be in there, you know, two, three downs, regardless whether it's as a receiver, or, you know, dual running backs, whatever.
1: There's no shortage of action going on with our exclusive partners at BetOnline.ag. Sports are slowly making its way back. MLB and now NBA join UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and soccer. BetOnline has all the best odds and lines for the upcoming games and matches. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every day live for you to check out. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline also has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all the best props in the business. Visit BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device. And join now to receive your new welcome bonus and start playing today. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Visit betonline.ag and don't forget that promo code podcast one. That's P O D C A S T O N E for your sign-up bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, that's one. Hunt is one that I'm um, notably contrarian on as well. I think the way this Browns offense will work is that Chubb will get probably about 70% of the snaps, and he'll be on the field you know, even on third downs. I don't think it's going to be like what a Jake Rudin does, where he'll divide snaps and, and take backs off in third down and, and give him a roll. Um, but that's not to say Hunt's not going to have value. Uh, I, I I tend to think it's going to be more on the Chubb side than the Hunt side, but I know I'm in the minority there. Then Chark went, and that one was kind of a heartbreaker for me um, because I was actually targeting Chark... And again, I'm higher on him than most people. Uh, again, the, the Gruden factor in Jacksonville. I like, I, I and I like the, the the chemistry he has with Minshew at quarterback. But Chark went. I was like, ah, crap, you know, because I was still hoping to fortify wide receiver at that point. Uh, but by then, I had already had Beckham in Cup, and I felt pretty good about Cup. Boyd went, C.D. Lamb went a little bit too early in my opinion, but I know that guy, um, that guy started drafting early. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, that guy took from me, um, who I was really hoping to grab. I was going to actually splurge on him, but he went even earlier than I thought. Evan Ingram, and then my brother took Tom Brady, which I, I know that's early, but I think that's a really good pick. Um, so again, I'm sitting there at running back. And Devin Singletary's staring at me in the face. And I'm just like, for crying out loud, I can't get out of this running back hole. I, I started wanting to take tight end there, and I started to get concerned at tight end. Because Gronk was my my diamond in the rough, and he went like two rounds earlier. So I was like, oh gosh. For me, it was like Hayden Hurst or bust at that point. So I started looking at the teams and thinking like, okay, there a lot of teams have tight ends. Am I going to get there? So I started playing a little chicken with that one. Uh, but Devin Singletary had to take him. Then it went Keenan Allen, Jarvis Landry. Um... And then on the swing, it went Parker, Dak Prescott went in round eight. And then again, I'm looking at running back. I'm like, for crying out loud, because then I had two running backs and a wide receiver. I just felt I had to have. And I had, um, I I didn't think they were all going to get to me in the different rounds. So I took Raheem Mostert because, yeah, I know they were talking about holdout, but he's back. He's a little bit older. He's older than you'd think at, at 28 league age. Um, so I don't love the value, but I still think he's the best running back in a Shanahan system, and that holds value. So I'm hoping I can trade him for a quarterback. As we'll find out later, what happened to me. Uh, but then Diggs, Gallup, Judy, um, Johnson, Ruggs went one pick before you. And you got Marquise Brown, who I love. So tell me about Marquise Brown.
0: Oh yeah, I'm um, I, I'm a big believer in what what he can do. Um, honestly, I haven't pegged as a as a top ten wide receiver this year personally. Right. Um, And he was kind of one of the guys where, you know, I wasn't quite so sure how deep he was going to go. And I kind of figured I'd pull the trigger again. I was sitting there staring at Joe Burrow, but Mm -hmm. I just something told me Brown was not going to make it. And he's a guy I I wanted to put in there as as a flex option. um, And I didn't think he was going to make it around to my next pick. So kind of just had, yeah, went and snatched him up and kind of crossed the fingers on Burrow, which which didn't last long.
1: Yeah, people were down on Brown. I loved Brown in week one of last year when he went crazy against the Dolphins and the Ravens put up like 50 points and all that. And Brown actually was injured and banged up for most of the year. Um, but the games he was healthy in, his numbers were crazy. Um, so I, I, I love the pick. I think he's a great value pick there. Um, I didn't even realize he had him until I was reading through this. Then Burrow went, and you just must have been like, ah, crap, he went in the pick right after that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, then Ronald Jones II went, you got A.J. Green on the way back. So what do you think about Green? I know you like uh, your your Georgia Bulldogs, but what do you think about uh, A.J. Green there coming back this season?
0: He's got the talent. He's always been one of the better guys, and I figured for a bench receiver, you know, it definitely was worth a shot. And it's kind of weird because every time, for the last five years, Green has fallen in my lap way later than, way later than I expected yeah, on right. every time I've ever done. Somehow he ends up in my team and he always ends up hurt. So I don't seem to learn. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, for a deep, you know, you know, as long as he's healthy, he's productive, especially with Burrow now and needing, you know, a safety net. Um, yeah, I figured worst case, he's a, you know, he's a fill in flex on, a, on an off day for somebody. So it's worth a shot that you can get a big game out of him if he's healthy.
1: So by this time in the draft, it's round nine, and I'm thinking, okay, I, I look, and I, I actually kept a printout, I was writing every single pick for every team down so I could keep track of the rosters, because I wanted to play the swing and know like what were my chances of getting people, and, and spoiler alert, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but... Um, so I'm sitting there, and I'm starting to look at the bottom of my roster. I know I want to back up quarterback, and I know I want to back up tight end this season on my roster. So to me, those two last bench spots are are locked into place. So I only have so many bench spots, and I already have so many freaking running backs. Um, and I knew I needed a receiver there, and my brother went uh, with no offense. So later in that round, after AJ Green, went Fuller, Aaron Rodgers, Keyshawn Vaughn, who, again, that guy's going young. He's the same guy that has Dobbins. So he's, I think, set up very well. In, in future years, but I think he's going to have a bad pick this year. Uh, you got Mark Ingram the second went after that, who I think is a great value this year. He's going to have value. I love Dobbins, but Ingram is still going to have value in that um, offense, even if Dobbins does take over the starting role. Noah Fant. So my brother got another tight end, a second tight end there, and I was just like, whew. because again, you know, I was I was Hurst or bust at that point. If if Hayden Hurst got picked, I don't know what I would have done. Well, I do. I'll talk about it in a bit. But um, so then I got the receiver who I had to have. A round later than I thought I, I could have gotten him in Marvin Jones Jr. And the reason I like him, not for keeper, but if you look at his numbers last year, he played 13 games, whereas Galladay played 16 games. If if Jones played a full 16, he would have gotten, um, he would have had more receptions and more touchdowns than Kenny Galladay, who went in the third round. Um, and that's without Matt Stafford. Uh, with Stafford back, I think Marvin Jones is going to put up crazy numbers. Now, he's going to be like two touchdowns one week, no touchdowns the next week kind of deal. But for a ninth-round receiver to get a guy that you know went over 1,000 yards, 70 receptions, and like nine or ten touchdowns last year, get that value in the ninth round, I'll take that all day. So I feel really good now about receiver because I have Cup and Marvin Jones and Odell Beckham. Um, oddly enough, he's – Oh, Beckham is my my like biggest question mark there, and he's the first one I picked out of the group. But you know, all along my wide receiver strategy was to get Marvin Jones, so I felt real good about that. Then I had Debo Samuel, and when I was thinking about Marvin Jones there, I was like, okay, who's more likely to fall to me? Uh, you know, Marvin Jones or Jordan Howard, who is twenty five years old and finds himself in an offense built to have running back success. I was like, I think. Um, my competition there in the last couple picks, I know one of them was on auto draft, so he wasn't going to take him. So I was thinking about uh, Matt. Is he going to take Marvin Jones? I thought maybe. I let him go. He took Tyler Higby. That was another sigh of relief at that point at, at tight ends. I'm like, okay, there's there's still opportunity for me to get, to get Hayden Hurst. Brandy Cooks goes, Terry Cohen goes, and then I get freaking Jordan Howard, another running back that I couldn't pass up in the 10th round. Then it goes Harrison Butker, kicker off the board in ten. <laughs> Carson Wentz, Hunter Henry, Zach Moss, carry on Johnson, um, and then you take Sony Michelle, which I think is a good pick. Tell me about that one.
0: Yeah, you know, eh, I think, um, I mean, I've always liked his ability, and I, I think Belichick's going to have to get a little more creative this year instead of just relying on a quarterback, because I, I don't think you you can rely on Cam to carry the team like they could with um, you know with Brady. So I think Michelle is going to get a lot more play in multiple ways as a receiver potentially a little bit, and obviously as a running back. Um, so I thought there's some value there. Um, he's got a, he's got a lot of uh, a lot of potential there that they haven't quite tapped into. So I figured it was a good value play at that point and could strike gold.
1: Then Philip Lindsey and Daryl Henderson Jr. go um, next to next, and you end up taking the 49ers defense there. Tell me about that one.
0: Uh, you know, I just. I figured it was about the time then it was going to be when I'm gonna take another backup running back. right. um the only the only other guy on my board other than than the forty nineers d right there because I wanted to get a solid defense that I could rely on um, week in and week out was Hayden Hurst. And I thought i had <laughs> I thought I had him you know on the next round. I thought he would still be there. um, and I think he would have been had you not been so desperate for him at that point.
1: Well, here's the here's the interesting thing here. Um, so this is the round that I play a little bit of chicken with the position. So when you take 49ers defense there, I think, uh, okay, so for me, there's a clear three, top three defense in Pittsburgh, um, Baltimore, and the Steelers who went much earlier. And so there I'm thinking, well, shoot, the 49ers defense just went. I know how this league works. There's going to be a run on defense coming. If the If the Ravens go – then, you know, yeah, I know Buffalo is going to be good. Just they don't consistently get enough of those turnovers and the sacks that I like. They're they're a really tough defense. They keep scoring low. But I like teams that can, you know, sack the quarterback and force turnovers. So I'm, I'm a little concerned. And then that round, I picked the Ravens specifically because you picked the 49ers. Um, in between those, Eric Ebron, Julian Edelman, Tua, um, Hooper, goes t- another tight end, by the way, for um, for that team, and another sigh of relief that a tight end goes. And uh, Pittman Jr. So I'm sitting there at pick, um, what is that, 108 at this point, and I really need Hayden Hurst on my team. But I'm playing the swing, and I'm thinking, okay, I know two of these picks are going to be auto-draft, and, and those just are not being there. So And, and Matt had just taken Tyler Higbee. Um, so I'm thinking... Odds are that he's not going to take another tight end there. I'm going to take Ravens defense there. That pick would have been Hayden, Hur- um, Hayden Hurst had you not taken the 49ers. And then on the way back, I would have taken 49ers because I agree at that point, if you have de- like a, a category of player much you know so far above everybody else, and you and you're looking at bench players at that point, I'd rather take the starting team that gives you competitive advantage in your starting lineup week to week and have defense set. So that's why I went that route. Uh, but you would not have gotten the 49ers. They would not have gotten back to you. Um oh, so if that's you. any solace.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Definitely is I mean, you know, for a backup tight end for me, which you know I think Hurst is going to have a good year, but it also kind of would have gone contrary to a general rule that I try to run by, which is I really try to avoid having multiple players from the same team.
1: Right. Me too.
0: Um in my starting as my starters especially. Um and that would have, you know, Hurst wouldn't have been a starter, but there would have been at least one week I'm sure where he would have been in there. Yeah, and uh, so that's kind of what kept me pushing him down a little bit. And if he fell to me, great.
1: Yeah, in retrospect, uh, in retrospect, with how the draft worked out, if I could have gone back and and made one different pick, I would have traded Beckham for Mark Andrews, and waited on Hurst. Uh, just because I got so many value, um, so many value players, and I probably would have ditched David Johnson in in line and probably still had the same wide receivers, so that's the only thing I would, I think I would have done differently in the entire draft, but I did get, I did get nut kicked like one more time, and I'll find that, but after Hayden Hurst, it went Hardman, Bill's defense, by the way, um, so that defense run was starting, so I think I probably did the right thing, and, and waiting or taking the Ravens where it was. Um Drew Brees Patriots defense went right after that so you can see the run is still going. And then you got uh, Jared Cook and you picked Justin Jefferson Minnesota wide receiver. I think that's a very intriguing pick. Tell me about why you picked Justin Jefferson there.
0: Um you know at that point again I'm looking at mostly bench spots. I know we're in eight you know, an 18 uh 8 mm-hmm. player keeper league and I kind of wanted to grab a solid rookie that right. could be in that group. Yeah. Um And I think, uh, yeah, as you mentioned we had one team that grabbed every single rookie running back of value out there, I think, or at least tried to. Yeah, right. Uh, (laughs) There wasn't much to look at. So, you know, Jefferson was kind of sitting there and I said, well, you know, let's take a shot. He may not get a ton this year, but I'm betting you'll see kind of him as one of those guys that starts to come on towards the end of the year when he really gets that opportunity and starts to build up. and, And it might be worthwhile if not. You know, it's it's pick one nineteen in round twelve. Yep. you know, not the end of the world there.
1: Yeah, and then I'm looking at so after that, Tevin Coleman and Alexander Madison go. I think uh, both of those are pretty decent value picks there. Um, as long as you're not relying on those guys to be starters, I think they're you know good good kind of roster bench guys. Uh, you take Roethlisberger, um, who I think is going to have a ma- massive bounce back season, but I'm I. I at this point with quarterback, I was thinking, okay, I have a pretty good chance to get Stafford. And I think Stafford, if he can stay healthy, I, I can pair him with Galladay as my starter. Um, Stafford was on target to throw about 49 or 50 touchdowns before he got injured last year. Seriously, um, I've done the math. you know, It's in the almanac and all that. So I thought, mm, I can probably sneak away with Stafford. Wouldn't you know it? Stafford went and picked freaking 123. Um, and I probably would have picked Stafford next. Um, so that was, that was kind of a little bit of a heartbreaker. Naheem Hines, I think, is a really good um, sneaky pick for anybody in PPR formats. He went, then Will Lutz goes at kicker, and who I was going to take was um, Antonio Gibson, because like you, I wanted a project on the back of my, my bench. Um, I wanted a rookie running back and Keyshawn Vaughn for crying out loud was already gone. And so I'm like, I want a rookie project. I missed out on rugs who I, who's the only probably receiver I, I would have wanted at that point. Um, and, uh, and so I was thinking Antonio Gibson, am I going to be able to get him? Well, my brother ends up taking him the pick before me. That was a heartbreaker. And honestly, at that point I was flustered. <laughs> I was really <laughs> flustered at that point. And I was like, what do I do? Because Stafford and Gibson, i I was just shocked that both of them went in that round. And so I look at my board and I'm looking at different tiers and I could have taken another running back there that had value, but like I had so many freaking running backs and I liked all the receivers at that point at about the same. So talking about value and competitive advantage week to week, I went with Justin Kick, uh, Justin Tucker at Kicker um, because the Kickers were starting to go. And I like Harrison Butker and Justin Tucker to to make you on average about two to three uh, points per week relative to the competition. And so I'll take those two to three points in my lineup rather than just try to stream kicker every week. Um, I know those guys are proven entities. Um, so, and Justin Tucker hits his field goals. You know his, his percentage is good. So I went Tucker. I didn't feel great about it. Um, but my, my other pick would have been Preston Williams at that point, and I was very confident he'd make it back to me. And sure enough, he did. Sterling Shepard, Latavius Murray, the Vikings defense, Christian Kirk, who I think is a great pick, um, on an auto-draft, by the way. And then uh, Preston Williams goes to me. Then it goes Tate, Emmanuel Sanders, Baker Mayfield, Robbie Gold. Uh, Josh Allen, who was my next quarterback target, went to the same guy that drafted <laughs> Stafford. Um, and then you ended up with Boswell that round. So you ended up joining the the the, the run on kickers, as it were. So uh, tell me about that one, Boswell.
0: <sighs> you know, there, there, uh, pretty much all my kicker targets had, had flown off the board at that point, and right. I just didn't want to get, you know yeah, I mean, I didn't really want to get stuck with, with, you know, kind of a questionable guy. Um, I was looking at who out of Atlanta a little bit. Um, mainly just because I know Atlanta's history, which is they always get close to the red zone and then, you know, just screw it up when they get there. So there's a lot of opportunity for him. Um, but yeah, yeah, kind of went with Boswell. Just thought, you know, you got a little more opportunity there as well. Um, a little higher rated in my board, um, as well. And so kind of went there and just, yeah, figured, you know, it's worth, worth a shot at that point. You know, worst yeah. case, I don't think who's going anywhere. So I can always pick him up off the waivers if I need to.
1: Yep. Um, let's see. So you get Boswell And I think Pittsburgh's offense is going to be crazy this year. I actually think Pittsburgh's going to be very, very, very good and underrated as, uh, you know, somebody to bet on. T.J. Hawkinson goes um, at the end of round 14. 15 goes Matt Ryan, who is my next highest quarterback. Um, he got taken. I think he's about the eighth quarterback taken between those two teams in the top two picks. Justin Herbert. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I thought that the uh, the team that drafted Josh Allen also got Justin Herbert. I was gonna be like, Jesus, the f- fourth freaking quarterback. Uh, so you got Justin Herbert project quarterback. Um, you just kind of taken a fly on him. What was what's the deal there? Yeah, exactly.
0: It was, it was a flyer. It was a shot. Um, Would you
1: have taken Matt Ryan? Had he, had he made it to you? Yes. Yeah.
0: He was yeah. sitting there, waiting, I was waiting on him at that point. I figured, all right, you know, I wanted a, kind of that project guy as a quarterback, so I figured if it wasn't Ryan, and would go Herbert.
1: Yeah, you know, again, looking back, I don't know why I took Preston Williams ahead of Matt Ryan. You know, I don't know why I would have done that, because I also like James Washington as an analytical guy. I think I was just, you know, I, I was still feeling the, feeling the pain from getting kicked in the pills after Antonio Gibson went um and stafford and by that time the picks were coming fast and furious that, that was a tactical error the rare tactical error by me I, I should have taken matt ryan there and shored up that position thing is i don't love matt ryan and i started thinking like i'm gonna trade for matt stafford <laughs> in sense basically it was like i'm gonna go trade for him but i should have um i, I should have taken matt ryan there it was a whiff uh, on me in round uh, 14 um so the, the people start going down i'm looking. Um, and I'm looking at. It, I still don't have a single freaking quarterback on my roster at this point, and so I figured, why not let it ride? I took Damian Harris, uh, that project running back. The only reason I took him is because I saw some press that um, he might, uh, since um, what's his face, Sony Michelle has been out, um, that you know he might be able to crack his way into the lineup. But honestly, I'll probably end up waving him or using him hey, as a trade bait or it. doing a two for one somewhere higher on my depth chart and keeping him or something like that uh Darius Slayton goes then Cam Newton goes then Nikhil and Kale Harry goes then the Broncos D goes and then I take Jared Goff as my first quarterback taken around 16 um just simply because look he he led the league in passing attempts last year I think the team will be running the ball more I think he'll be in better position similar to how I feel about Cleveland I think Baker uh Baker Mayfield is going to be in better position to throw the ball and I compare him with Cooper Cup so there's that um and you take Mar- Marlon Mack. I like that pick. Tell me about that one.
0: Yeah, um, you know, he was a guy I was looking at that seemed to be, you know, another one where everyone was just kind of throwing him back on the, um, you know, back on the death chart there for some reason, expecting him to just be overtaken. But he seems like he, you know, a guy that I don't know. I kind of took a bet on him. Um, he was there. He's a high ranked guy for me. Um, if he doesn't get a shot, oh well. It's not like I'm hurting for running backs. Right. Um, but you know, definitely a guy that has the potential and I figured, you know, way down there around 16, why the heck not?
1: Yeah, I agree. And you took another Colt there in round 17, the last round of our draft, Jack Doyle. And that was my backup plan at tight end. Um, was to was to get Doyle and I would have drafted him probably a couple rounds higher than that had I missed out on Hurst because I I like Doyle I like this offense Philip Rivers always has a tight end that he throws to he's not look Philip Rivers isn't scrambling for a five or ten yard touchdown run he's not beating people to the edge he's 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 scrambling only so he can find his big tight end in the back of the end zone I think that's going to be Jack Doyle this year so I like that pick a lot for your backup honestly I have him and um Hayden Hurst pretty close in terms of the analytics I'm just higher on Hurst because he's younger. Um, then you know most of the kickers go after that and I pick Ryan Tannehill as my last quarterback uh, taken so I do have two quarterbacks I only have one tight on Ted end in my roster which I don't like Tannehill I have quietly my analytics say he's going to be the 10th rated quarterback this year uh, in our scoring format um, and I think that the back half of last season wasn't a fluke I think he'll he'll be able to throw some balls and I like this team in the red zone because uh, Derek Henry is so strong in the red zone so all in all, you know, I would say the glaring mistake is not taking Matt Ryan. I'd feel a lot better at Matt with Matt Ryan at quarterback. Um and then I wish I had taken Mark Andrews instead of Odell Beckham, but in the moment I think it was the right pick, but in retrospect, having seen who I got in the back parts of the draft, I wish I had waited or uh you know, waited on wide receiver for another round. But there you go. Yeah. Two strong rosters and uh we'll see uh we'll see how it works out. I don't have a single freaking project though. <laughs> so that bothers me. I mean, I guess, I guess, um, Damian Harris is, but I, I would have felt a lot better had I wound up with like JK Dobbins or Antonio Gibson. Um, but you know, don't, for, don't cry for me, Argentina. I have a strong roster. There you go. I mean, Hey, I'll uh, I'll go for the championship this year while everyone's building and then, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Exactly, and that ends up being the right thing to do anyway. And then, you know, I'll figure out a way to get Stafford or trade you for Roethlisberger, or uh, you know, maybe pry Josh Allen from that guy's hands somehow. Um, But you know, I I really do like guys. Here's the thing: is like I'm not going to over trade. You know, one of these running backs I got in the fifth round. You know, if it makes sense, I'll do it. But you know, it's very possible that Gardner Minshew. I mean, when was the last time? Uh, Jay Gruden didn't groom a top 10 quarterback. It was really last year um, when Alex Smith went to hell and then um Dwayne Haskins took over and he was too raw. Like Before that, Kirk Cousins and Andy Dalton were top 10 fantasy football quarterbacks. So why can't Gardner Minshew do that? Well, he's available on waivers. So, mm-hmm. you know, it could happen. And if I have to go into next year's draft and make quarterback an emphasis, I'll do that as well because nobody's keeping Stafford, you know? Right. You're not keeping Roethlisberger next year. I mean, he's, he's old. Why would you keep him? And you got... um Kyler Murray I mean there's going to be options next year if I have to field the burn this year then I'll do that that's part of the fun of being in a keeper league so then again I'm not sure. keeping 10 middle tier running backs so maybe it's in my best interest to get to jettison one of them right or two or three of them even yeah. um, and I will I will so there you go there, there you have it here's a fantasy draft for you so uh, yeah it was fun I appreciate the time and uh, let's get ready to compete in that league we're playing this we're playing each other this week in uh, fantasy baseball I took a big lead on you Oh man, my team is a, um, it's a disaster this year It's a oh COVID-ravaged and surgery-ravaged disaster oh my God. I
0: mean, I, I've gotten two starts out of my top two pitchers With Soroka, with Soroka and uh, Verlander gone And yeah,
1: yeah <laughs> So yeah, yeah. just
0: injuries and opt-outs And it's just absolutely ravaged my roster And a lot of, several of the play, guys in the league Will refuse to trade with me because of you know, <laughs> Past history of gouging win. them <laughs> Now, like, he won't even talk because he's yeah, afraid right. that I'm going to rip him off horribly just you know, because I think he thinks my knowledge outweighs his. So well, and it does. He won't have a discussion with me about
1: about a trade just because he thinks I'm trying to rip him off, which generally I'm not. Well, we made a deal. Uh, Who did I give? I gave you a picture, right? Who did I give you? Yeah. Marquez. Marquez, yeah. Marquez was rolling. He's, How's he been doing for you?
0: Awful. Oh, damn. He uh, gave you one good start. His first start with me was brilliant, and then he has rolled off like three just uh. terrible starts uh, since. Yeah. I'm sure he will get back on track, but if I if I'm to make the playoffs, this is going to be like I'm going to have to win out, or at least win the last three weeks after this one, um, just have a shot at it.
1: Yeah, dude. So like...
0: I, I might turn around and go into sell mode and just uh, I don't know, angle for a draft pick in a trade or something for someone who wants to buy out and has a shot like you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> maybe um, you know, I I probably need another relief pitcher. I think you know I'm getting some juice. Finally, Flaherty came back and pitched, you know, more than an, an inning. Um, so he gave me some juice towards the end of last week, but it's too little too late. I lost to the, absolutely the worst team in the league last week. But, you know, those things happen. Hopefully all the bad luck's out of the way there. But I'm having trouble because I have Glasnow and I have Carrasco who are so inconsistent. But I fi- I'm just not going to waive any of these guys because it's just such an odd season with, with COVID and all that stuff. Like, I feel like this isn't even really a good sample size. So, and I'm keeping sale and I'm keeping cinder guard on my injured list. And I'm just going to roll with who I have. I'm not going to waver on those guys either because they'll be back and they'll have value. Um, but I think. Uh, was I he- love that. I was able to pick up Karen Chack from Cleveland.
0: I think he, I honestly think he might take over as a closer by the end of the year. Mm. And he's just consistently putting up points, you know, yeah. 15, 20 points a week, just even though he's not a closer, he's putting up holds and
1: yeah. Right. You know,
0: with the strikeouts. So I figured that's, it was worth a pickup again. He's a guy that. I might, you know, if if I do end up going to a cell mode, unfortunately, he's a guy that would be a value to another team because, right. there's You know, points going up. Same thing with um, Taylor Rodgers. So, you know, we'll have to see how that goes. I have to, you know, look at who my keepers will be and who I can get and all that. So.
1: Yeah, Juan, Juan Soto and Baby Yaz have been uh, have been carrying me oh. offensively, and then Fletcher, who I got in that Marquez deal, has been very solid for me. So, oh. at the time, it looked good for you. Um, well, for well, both of us, really.
0: Offensively. Offensively, I haven't really felt the, you know, felt any hurt. I've got, right. you know, plenty of that. So that, you know, and I, pick, I was able to pick up Cronenworth, who's been great and plays close to the same, you know, level as Fletcher position wise. Right. So, you know, I took a flyer on a who could be a, a top end starter, but eh. yeah, he'll be all right. But
1: yeah, he was inconsistent last year. I had him too. So, uh, yeah, so man, Soto is so freaking good. He is so good. <laughs> Ever since he's been back, my 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 offense has been scoring like buckets um which i needed yeah. and then i got i i picked up baby yaz around the same time and then got made that fletcher move so i got an immediate jolt gold back that's huge for me um salvador perez when you know when he comes back i've been because my roster's so thin i haven't really even been able to get a replacement catcher mm-hmm. so i haven't even been fielding a catcher for like a week but that's been the story of my freaking fantasy football or fantasy baseball seasons just not fielding a full roster because of game cancellations and all this stuff you know so
0: yeah, it's been one of those years it's it's so hard to to you know to to pick up and who I mean, for God's sakes, I just went out and dropped um you know, two guys I was counting on, Chris Bryant and oh, Tasha yeah. just because they were even when they were healthy, they weren't performing. Right. And for me, if Otani isn't a two way player, then he's not valued over other guys that I was able to pick up like Kyle sure. Lewis or you know, um Chapman or anything like that. So you know it's been a tough year with a, with a lot of injuries and a lot of ineffectiveness things like that for everybody i mean it, it's so hard to it's a weird you know, yeah it's
1: in. it's it's tough to, that's what i keep saying in, in fantasy football man it's like you know, if if you're if you're operating a league and you're not putting in more injury list spots or more roster spots this year, there's going to be a lot of waiver wire juggle and uncomfortable waiver wire juggle. And there will be I, people ask me like, "Oh, what would you do?" I said, "Expand your roster, or expand injured um, the injured list because you don't want to be playing in a situation where you know you're in week 12, you really need to win, and you need somebody else to beat your opponent." And then you look, and your opponents um you know the the team you need to win isn't playing a full roster because they don't want to waive a keeper you know because they're injured listed or something like that. you have people in covid you know um disabled, and you know it's it's been such a mess with fantasy baseball and what you've experienced. I've actually changed you know my draft strategy for my readers because it's it's you know they need season long depth at every position that's why I want to carry that second tight end um mm-hmm. but I'm less you know it really might that that was kind of hinging on doyle i have one other guy i'd like to pick up um, if uh if i can find a roster spot to get another tight end but you know once you pick doyle i'm like okay i can i can get, get uh, damian harris and keep him i guess as a project for now anyway that'll change that'll change you know what's going to happen is justin tucker's going to get freaking covid and then i'm going to have to have two kickers on my roster for like 3 weeks this oh is- man this, this is what people are looking at, man. Are you going to wave Harrison Butker because he's inactive for two weeks? I, I wouldn't.
0: And people people still don't get I mean, look, I, I saw, you know, you, you kind of peruse social media and you see people screaming, oh, you know what, people can play through this, get over it, the COVID's not that bad. And you know what, I'm going to sit here and tell you, I was laid up for the last two weeks. They say it was bronchitis, I'm not so sure.
1: Yeah, right. Because I
0: didn't see any any other so- symptoms. I was convinced I somehow came up with it, you know, I don't freaking leave my house. <laughs> um. But, and I, I, I short of breath, couldn't breathe for two weeks. It sucked. It's horrible. So that's mm. anything what people are dealing with. No, no one can freaking play with this crap.
1: There are a you lot know, of people. So. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of people that, 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 don't get sick from it and all that stuff. And then there are people that get nailed and I have asthma. So I've always been like, I'm, I'm super conservative about it Cause the last thing I need, and I'm a little overweight. I mean, I'm, I'm in, I'm healthy, but I'm a little overweight too. So I have higher BMI and asthma. That's the last thing I want is to be, be screwing with this. And I had a really bad pneumonia like two or three years ago, that I, like, I mean, it was the worst. It, it, it would not have shocked me if I had passed away. And I actually had knew a guy that passed away from that same flu season. So anyway, long story short is it's it's not really anything to trifle with, but the people who are like, oh, you know, you guys are being wusses, just play through it. I, I think what's lost on people is that the, the NFL, these are organizations. These are businesses. And you can't really get into a situation where – I mean, there are player unions. The player The Players Association doesn't want to just sign their rights away. That's not their job to do. Their job is to protect the players at all costs. Your job is, in, you know, whatever you, you work, if you um belong to a, a labor union, right, like police officers or, you know, firemen, firewomen, all that stuff. You belong to a union. They don't want to put you in overly dangerous situations. They want to be fair. All these sports leagues, they have players associations. People that are, like, throwing shade at these leagues, they forget there are players associations whose job it is to protect and make sure that they're safe and the protocols are being taken into account and all that stuff. So I'm always saying like whether or not you politically agree or you think it's ridiculous and all that stuff, what you think doesn't matter. What matters is reality and reality is, is companies have to protect their assets at all costs.
0: And, and you all- have to look, even it sounds cheesy to go there, but I mean, again, these aren't players in a video game. Yeah, You know, these are actual human beings that have families, yeah, and they contract it. Maybe they don't have any symptoms, but their kids, their yes. wives,
1: yeah. whatever. They're... You know, maybe they're living with their grandparents, or like their dad's still like handling their business operations, and you know, and maybe their dad's like sixty or seventy years In-person, old and all that. Family. You
0: know,
1: yeah, it's it, it's you know, there's more than just the player, right? And th- th- it's exactly right. And you know, Brad and I got in a big off-air argument about this stuff. I'm just like, dude, like, what if, what if you have a like what if you contract it, and you come home and there's a three, you know, you're taking care of a three year old. I think like a lot of people like really criticizing are probably younger people that don't have kids and all that stuff. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, you have kids, I have kids. Like the last thing I want to do is go out, you know, contract something. I know in my head, like, I think my body can fight through it and I'll probably be fine, but it would break my heart if I, you know, brought it home in my my wife or my kid or anything like that they had to go to the hospital with breathing issues I don't that, that's my responsibility as a father you know Yeah. I mean
0: you say oh well just stay you know stay away from your kids okay yeah it's easy trust me I was feeling yeah, horrible right. I, you know for the last week and a half I, two weeks I was feeling awful I could barely breathe I thought maybe I did have it mm-hmm. my daughter comes in and I'm like go sit on the other side of the couch you can't tell a yeah. three, three four year old go sit on the other side of the couch don't climb on daddy yeah. it doesn't work it that's, does not
1: work that's like daycare, man. You know, they're like, oh, well, you know, we're requiring these three-year-olds to wear masks and four-year-olds to wear masks. Yeah. I'm like, what? come on, no, it's, wear a mask. It, it Give me a break. They're not going to wear a mask. Come on, no, Vancouver's. not by any stretch. <laughs> anyway so yeah i mean it's it's wild and it is going to impact whether or not you know you think it's a thing or not it, i mean that doesn't matter compartmentalize that um you can go on twitter and, and rip into people the reality is your fantasy rosters are going to be impacted as eric and i have experienced in fantasy baseball and will no doubt experience in fantasy football so you got to prepare keep that roster deep keep it uh, deep at all positions uh if you can don't do what i did and wait until the second to last round <laughs> to track your quarterback
0: oh That would shock the hell
1: out of me. I I didn't know. I kept looking at like, what the hell is he doing? I do. I do it every year, and I'm just like, gosh, man, I can't. I can't pass this guy up. I can't pass this guy up. I should. I should have passed up Damian Harris. I, I couldn't. I couldn't. Man, I was addicted. That Antonio Gibson, man, that Antonio Gibson one just shell shocked me. It, that took me like two or three rounds to recover from. I'm always preaching on my book, don't, you know, it's going to happen to you. Don't be shell shocked. And I've gone on so many um, mock drafts to prepare for this. But when that happened, I was just like, oh, crap, what do I do? And what I should have done, like I said, is take the quarterback, wait, and, and take my flyer and Deshaun Jackson, uh, everybody's um, least favorite social media maven, <laughs> you know, take it Deshaun Jackson because I think he's going to be a firecracker on the offense if he can stay healthy. But the dude's like never healthy. God.
0: I don't know if you caught that in bad timing because um, oh I saw of it. Around, he, sc- he screenshotted me at the end. You know, I, I I logged off not not intentionally, but my last pick ten seconds after somebody made a comment of oh I had to grab Jackson. What the hell, right?
1: Yeah, right. And
0: I logged off like right after that unintentionally, and then of course you know our guy jumps in and goes, see you made the Julie. Good job, man. Yeah, right. And, <laughs> and yeah, if pe- for people
1: done. don't remember, Eric is our, our resident Jewish. Um... We say representative of, of the get paid podcast. So, uh <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, they, they, they drafted Deshaun Jackson. The Jewish guy left the draft. That it did. It was like bang bang. It was good. It was a good well, line. A, it was a good line. It was. It's uh, entertaining. <laughs> Tony. I think I Tony was lost for most of that draft. Tony was talking mad <laughs> garbage the whole time. It was funny. Anyway, uh, we've been talking long enough. Let's let's kill the show. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, uh, thanks for, thanks for the time, Eric. Everybody out there, like I said, just get deep rosters because it's going to be a thing. Uh Go out, make some bets, get paid. You want to get paid? Then get paid. Sean and Brad help you with the games. From the fantasy to the gambling, get the NFL experts, help you win. You better tune in for
0: the two hosts. They know everything from the players to the coaches. So get paid on a Sunday because the team right here know the game the most. From shots down to the Florida coast. Got swag, got butter
1: with the toast. Brad's a washed up model. Don't hate on that. Sean writes the fantasy. For my almanac, so quit that losing time to win. We talk fantasy or real, whatever you win, you're gonna wish this podcast never end. Now get ready for the best show to begin. Let's go.